Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Rain cut short an enthralling day two at the Gabba, where Australia hold a 307-run lead at Stumps. Australia started the day at 5 for 274, but lost 5 for 95 in the morning to be bowled out for 369. While Tim Payne scored 50, it was milestone man Nathan Lyon who the crowd cheered for loudest. His cameo of 24, including some sublime shots from the off-spinner. Oh, that's a beauty of a shot from Nathan Lyon down the ground. His family are up there and they will be delighted with that. That's his best shot in the 100 test matches. After lunch, Pat Cummins dismissed Shubman Gill early and just when it looked like Rohit Sharma was cruising to a half century, he holed out in the deep to handline his first wicket of the test and 397th of his career. Catch! He decides to attack. The catch is on. Heavy rain then hit a tee, and by the cutoff time of 5pm, the outfield was deemed too wet to play on, so play was abandoned. We caught up with former Australia captain Ricky Ponning after play to hear his thoughts on day two at the Gabba. Ricky Ponning, rain washed out the final session with India 2 for 62, trailing by 307 runs. Who is ahead after five sessions? Uh, good question. I think Australia just ahead. Um... You know, that sort of total, I think, is probably just a little bit under par as far as history or what history suggests at the Gabba. But a um, couple of reasonably early wickets, you know, that ball's still hard enough. Um, there, there will be some wear and tear in the wicket, which I think batting last on for India uh, could potentially be quite difficult. Um, but saying that, the last thing Australia needs now is to form in the game. They've, that was over two hours play loss today. We can only make up an hour and a half now. Um, you know, it, they have lost a little bit of time. So if they are going to win, which obviously they need to do to, to, to um, win back the trophy, then they've got to get the game moving pretty quickly tomorrow. Yeah, Australia lost 5 for 95 in the morning session. They posted 369. Uh, you said it was an under-par score. But 369, given that the game has been affected by rain uh, and it wrapped up pretty quickly, it might not be the worst outcome. No, it might, it might not be. I mean, quite often those sort of totals, you don't take too much time out of the game to post a score of sort of 350 to, to 400. Then, you know, a lot of great test matches are, are played from there and a lot of good test matches are won from the team that happens to do that. So, um, But it is what it is. You know, even if it's under par, that's what they've got. And they've now got to find a way to bowl India out uh, for less than that. I, I, you know, with the, the time being a, a concern in the game, they don't want to be giving away any sort of lead to India on the first inning. So... They've got to find a way now to get these uh, these remaining eight wickets in this innings and then try and set up the game from there. Yeah, when Starker and Lyon were going, they had a 39 uh, late in the innings uh, in pretty quick time as well. Did it bring back any memories of the McGrath-Gillespie partnership against the Kiwis <laughs> from 2004? Yeah, I mentioned a bit of on commentary today, actually, when that was all on. But, um, yeah, and that was the worry for me. When I saw the tail enders go out 
and be able to play their shots like they did, that just sort of said to me how good the pitch must be. Um, and then we saw when India started their batting, you know, Rohit Sharma and even Shubman Gill, to be honest, until Shubman got out and even until Rohit Sharma got out, you know, there, there weren't too many balls that were sort of missing the middle of the bat. So, look, it's so far it's a, it's a, so far it's a really good surface. We've heard a lot from the players so far talking about, you know, the cracks down the middle of the wicket. It looked like one today that Starkey bowled to Rohit Sharma might have caught that crack and seemed quite a bit. So, um, yeah, with, hopefully there's no more rain in the game. And if there's a bit more, you know, hot weather up in Brisbane over the next three days, you, you can guarantee by the end of the game that some of those cracks are going to be a lot more prevalent than they are right now. And, and they might just get in the minds of some of the batsmen as the game goes on. So, um, yeah, it's just so crucial though for Australia that they that they are able to bowl India out for, you know, sort of around that 300 sort of mark or, um, you know, if all goes to plan, they can bowl them out for less than that. Just on the bowls, but they're batting. Uh, is it time for Stark to go above Pat Cummins in the batting order? Since the, the Ashes, Stark is averaging 20 and Pat Cummins just eight. Yeah, I think the thing you know about Paddy, I mean, Paddy can bat for a long period of time. I mean, he hasn't done it for a while. He hasn't made many runs. But certainly if you've got a, a set batsman in there, someone like Pat to come in and, and be able to trust his technique and spend some time with, a, with one of the batsmen and, and create a partnership, I think, well, over the years, has been invaluable, hasn't it? They've generally been able to, Get a lot of late order runs, Australia, on the back of something that done well. But um, look, who knows? Um, you know, so the one thing about Starkey is if he comes in, he's going to get the school ball ticking over pretty quickly. And I'm sure that was with Gaz today as, as well. You know, they, they're going to go out and they're going to back themselves and they're going to play some shots. Um, you know, sometimes if you've got a, a batter out there, you just need someone that can sort of get in and establish a partnership. And Pat, at his best, can do that. But as you say, we haven't seen that for a while. While Pat Cummins' batting might be going down, Rick, his bowling is certainly going up. Uh, would you have him taking the new ball every innings? Um, well, they've obviously, you know, Australia have got to do what they think is right. You know, right now it seems like it, that, you know, they believe that it's Stark and Hazelwood that are going to take the new ball. But, yeah, I think if I was a batsman, I, I'd, be, I'd be probably more worried about facing um, Pat than anybody else in that attack right now. I mean, you know, the others are, are terrific bowlers in their own right, don't get me wrong, but... It's you know when you have when you're number one ranked bowler in the world, you have a bit more of an aura about you as well. And um, you know what he's doing right now, and we say it all the time. He just starts his spells so well. I mean, even today, the second ball of his spell, uh, the first ball of his spell was even a good one. And then you know the first ball he bowled to Pajara could have easily been out as well. So he could have had you know he could have had two wickets in the first three balls of his bowling spell today. So I'm sure that's something that that Payne and the, and the coaches are all talking about and, and sort of mulling o- over. Um, and we have seen them change it up at different times, haven't we? I think even yeah. in the second inning in Adelaide, I reckon, uh, they changed it up and come and open the ball in there. So, yeah, um, match-ups will, be, will play a part. You know, if Hazelwood's better off, better suited by the openers than Cummins. All these things are things that they, they will consider. Um, you know, but while Stark's, while Stark's there, we know how effective he is with the with the brand-new ball. And, you know, probably less effective when the ball's not moving. So you understand that it's probably always got to be him from one end and then so I'm sure they'll mix and match and rotate between Hazelwood and, and Cummins from the other end. A lot of comparisons are being made between Cummins and Glenn McGrath. Ricky, can you imagine telling Glenn McGrath when you were captain that he wasn't going to take the new ball? I did it once. I did it in the 2003 World Cup, I reckon. Oh, yeah. um, no, it wasn't. 2000. No, the West Indies, the next one after that, 2007 World Cup when we had Bracken and Tate that I wanted to use with a new ball. and uh, That didn't go down that well. Um <laughs> But as it turned out, the, the Pigeon ended up being the man of the series anyway, uh, the player of the tournament, uh, bowling at first change for us in that World Cup. So I don't think I ever had to do it in a, in a test match. 
Um, but, you know, any time I had to tell him he wasn't bowling at all or his spell was coming to an end, then I normally got a quite a frosty reception. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't have been nice to have the time that he wasn't taking a new ball. Oh, I bet. Uh, Rohit Sharma looked good and then got himself out. Sonal Gavaska was on a, an absolutely roasted Rohit for that dismissal. What did you think? Yeah, well, it's just, I mean, it's easy to say that that's the way that he plays and whatever else, but um, you've got to be better than that. Like, if you, if you want to be a really good, consistent um, test match batsman, you can't just be going and, and you know, throwing in what could have been such a promising innings away like he did. You know, he got to 44 comfortably. As I said before, everything just seemed to be hitting the middle of the bat. He just started to play some nice drives down the ground. And, um, and the trap was set for it as well. I mean, that mid-on field was three quarters of the way back. There's also a big you know, forward square leg guy. So, you know, what role it was thinking there, we'll never know. But, um, you know, he went, obviously went down the wicket, caught on the toe of the bat, and, and that was him done. So it's not the sort of wicket that you'd expect the way for a wicket to fall in a test match. Um, but saying that, the Aussies had a few that were probably far from ideal as well. So I'm sure Rowett would love to have his time over again. We know that Rohit's such a wonderful white ball player. Why don't you think he's converted that into test match cricket and made a better go of it? Well, he has at home. His record at home is yeah. remarkable. I think he hasn't just had a bind to it the other day. 88 yeah. or something, playing test matches in India. It's, um, it's just that play away from home. But I think I mean, I think he's a better player now than he was. If you look at him technically now, the way that he defends front foot and back foot against the brand new ball and test match cricket, um, he's a better player now than he was. Now, I don't know if that's a, just a, a self-belief thing or he's made any technical changes or whatever, but, you know, I, I coached him and played with him when I was at the Mumbai Indians and it was one thing that I was always trying to work out as well because whenever I saw him in the nets against the white ball, the defensive side of his game was there and then this amazing array of strokes was sort of tucked in behind it. And I was trying to scratch my head at the time trying to work out why he hadn't made a better goal. But, but I think it was all just, you know, he's, He's got limited footwork. Um, you know, he, he doesn't really move his front foot a lot. Him and Shubman are quite similar, actually. They sort of set up and go into the same sort of position more often than not with their front foot placement. It sort of goes down the wicket. And they sort of both stay a little bit inside the line of the ball. And I'm not sure what the numbers would say, but I would imagine Roland in his test career away from home would have a lot of court behind the wicket court keeper or court slips and gully sort of dismissals because of the way that he plays. But... Um, you know, the record away from home is not great. That's where, you know, innings like today um, become so important for someone like him. You know, if you want to change that record around and be recognised as being a great test match, test match batsman, um, not away from your conditions, you've got to capitalise on, uh, you know, starts like you got today. Yeah. Uh, rain is forecast for the next couple of days, particularly on days four and five. Uh, how does that change the tactics of the Aussies, Ricky? Um, I mean, they probably won't be changing too much because of the weather and we know that Brisbane you know, can be quite unpredictable anyway so I don't think they'll be and it's something that they can't change I mean, they, they know that they've got to get 18 wickets from here to be able to win the game so they've got to work out you know, first and foremost how do we get 8 tomorrow um, and then worry about it from, from there. I don't think they can afford to look too far forward to day 4 and day 5 they've just got to worry about the situation of the game now and coming up with the right plans to be able to get uh, you know, the first of the two that are out there now in Pajara and Rahana, work out how they're going to get them out and work their way through the rest of their limit. Is that a trap you can fall into with rain around that uh, you can get caught thinking ahead and not focusing on the here and now? Yeah, you probably can. I mean, in a situation like this where we all know that it's the game that Australia have to win, then, you know, that probably can be a little bit... Well, it, well if they are even talking about the weather, we, we don't know, do we? But 
um, you know, I think as a as a senior player or as a captain or a, or a coach, you'd be you know making sure that they're not looking too far ahead. Um, you know, focusing on the as you say the here and now and getting that right tomorrow morning. I mean, the most I say it all the time, but the most important um, phase of the game for Australia right now is the first ball tomorrow. Simple as that. They've got to make sure they're, they're all switched on and committed to to ball one tomorrow, and then and and work from there. That's about all they can control. And that first ball will be at 9.30am local time. You expect the, the uh, Gabba wicket to nip around a little bit so early in the morning? I don't reckon it will. I mean, there was that, that morning that came on the cricket day and there was obviously a bit of moisture in the outfield, but it shouldn't have affected the wicket at all. I think the wicket will, will play exactly the same as it, as it has for the first two days, which has looked a really good batting wicket to me. Um, you know, what the Australians could probably pray for is a bit of a bit of, a bit of cloud cover when the game starts. If it's a bit overcast and cloudy, then the ball might be a little bit more, but I just don't think there's enough moisture in the surface for it to really, really do too much. It's going to be the other way. It's going to be when it, the sun gets on it and bakes it up and, and you know, those cracks open up is where we're going to start to see some of the, the variation in this pitch. It's going to be an interesting day three, Ricky, and we'll chat to you tomorrow after it. Good, Sammy. Thanks, mate. That's it for Ricky's recap today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Unplayable podcast so you don't miss an episode this summer. And for all your breaking news, live scores, and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app.